Hello, hello, how are you? Thank you for being with me today. I absolutely appreciate you being here. Thank you so, so very much for you being here. This is the beginning of a brand new week. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. I hope you guys got some rest and I hope when you went in today you gave it your all because you was well rested and you were ready to get this week started. Funny thing, I just got in uh, having bringing the dogs in and I noticed, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but I noticed the time is already changing, especially down here in the south, 8 p.m. It looks like 5 p.m., right? And I went out there and I was like, oh my God, it's already a little dark. So fall is coming in soon and very soon. I told you all this and I have yet to introduce myself to you if this is your first time catching my podcast. My name is Diane Lubrand. I am an author and I am also a speaker. I am the author of He Was There All the Time. I'm not in it by myself. Abuser from the Playboy Pulpit series. My 31 day daily devotional prayer journal with affirmations, as well as a journal entitled Dear God. These, these journals are for the days when. You have so much to tell God, but your mouth can't say them. So you can write him a love letter and let him know, Hey, Lord, I I need you, but I have so much to say. My heart is so full right now. I can't speak. So I have to write all of this down because there's just too much going on on the inside of me. And you can pick up a copy of any of my books at lubrebooks.com as well as amazon.com if you want to download you can also get them on ebooks except the journal um what am i who am i what do i stand for i am a former victim of domestic abuse i call myself because that's what the bible say i am an overcomer uh revelation says that we overcame by the blood and by the words of their of of our testimonies so i want to help women to restore and rebuild their lives after domestic abuse i want to let women know that there is life there is love and there is laughter after going through such a horrific experience and let them know hey it's not your fault And I don't want you to be a victim, but I want you to be an overcomer. I hear a lot of women say, I am a survivor, and that is wonderful. Kudos to them. Hand clap, rah, rah, rah. But I want them to be more than a survivor. I want them to be an overcomer because it's in you to be an overcomer. You know, we go through things. And we don't understand why God allowed for us to go through it. But it is to help someone else. And I 
could not understand why I would find my place, find myself in this place more than once. And now I understand why, because I, I sympathize and I feel for women who are still in the struggle. And I want to do my best to help them not be in the struggle anymore. So this is who I am in a nutshell. Check out my website. We're doing a little, getting ready to do a little work on it. So we're going to change a little thing. You know, uh, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So we're going to try to change up some things on there for the month of October. Hopefully we can have it all done. But you can still go there. You can still subscribe. You can still purchase from there. Every purchase from this website is autographed by me and sent to you. That's my way of saying thank you. Also, I want you to check out our group on Facebook is called Life, Love, and Laughter. Be a part of it. We are inching towards 500. I'm super excited. I want to see it grow. I want you to be a part of it. Anything that is going to uplift, that's going to bring joy, that's going to put the, a smile on someone's face, those are, are the type of post we want no profanity no nudity no none of that stuff we don't play that okay where we give god praise and glory on that website we have prayers on there we have other videos and stuff like that so if you want to tell a little about yourself give a testimony it's all good it's all about edifying and lifting up one another because the bible tells us we have to love each other right and we have to bear one another's burden. So, again, I guess this is me again <laughs> in a nutshell. So, I want to thank you again so very much for listening thus far. So, today I want to talk to you about releasing and letting go. Releasing and letting go i remember when i used to hear releasing and letting go it was all about forgiveness forgiving the ones that have hurt you letting them go and i was like yeah right easy for you to say that's because you ain't the one that got hurt i was living out of my emotions rather than what was good for me and I was not looking at things in the spirit realm I was looking at it in the natural realm I did not realize in the spirit realm I was holding myself back I was causing God's hand to remain closed and I'm crying out Lord open your hand Lord shower down a blessing Lord pour down a healing pour down a deliverance and it was not God who was in the way. It was me and my unforgiveness. So when you have gone through a trauma, something like domestic abuse, something like sexual abuse, molestation, a divorce, when your best friend have stabbed you in the back, when there's been adultery in the marriage or in the relationship, when there's been a theft or there's, you know, lies or whatever, backstabbing you know destroying and tearing down your name and whatnot when there's been something like that in a relationship it puts a bad taste 
in the victim's mouth towards the person who who was the reason for the the whatever the clash whatever you want to call it the melee whatever that went down between the two of them and sometimes we say i forgive you <laughs> and those are just words right and the action sounds good but the actuality of it when you look at yourself if you were to be a hundred percent with yourself and say you know what let me really 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 check my heart did i really really forgive him did i really really forgive her did i really 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 let go and i don't know about you but whenever i test myself if I want to be honest with myself, I'll ask the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, show me, let me know. And when I go to pray for that person, if there's a tugging in my heart and it's hard for me to speak, I know then I have not released that person. I have not and I am not walking in forgiveness. Here is what I learned. In order for us to get forgiveness from God, you got to forgive others too. Peter asked the Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? I don't know if he was talking about John because, you know, John was the one that said the disciple whom Jesus loves. <laughs> so I don't know if Peter was a little perturbed with him and John had probably got on his there one more time because, you know, Peter had an attitude. Peter would slice your air off. Peter would cuss you out. And Peter did not care, right? So John had probably gotten on his nerve and, and the Lord was teaching on forgiveness. And Peter said, okay, Lord, I hear you clear, loud and clear. I feel what you're saying. But I got one question. And that question is, Lord... How many times should I forgive the person who have offended me? Should I forgive them only seven times? I can just imagine Jesus knowing Peter, knowing the thoughts in his heart. There was probably a little grin or something on Jesus' face because he loved Peter. And he probably knew why Peter was asking that. And he said, no, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven times. 70 times seven, that's 490 times ladies and gentlemen boys and girls brothers and sisters <laughs> i don't know about you okay and if you are already there would you please pray for me would you please ask the lord to help me to forgive somebody not in a lifetime but in a day for hundred and 90 times 490 times that's 10 times shy of 500 so the lord said 490 times and i believe the lord told that to peter in his way of saying peter as many times as they offend you as many times 
as they hurt you, when they come to you and say, I am sorry, I repent, forgive me. <laughs> do not climb the walls. Do not snatch anybody. Forgive. Now, again, pray for me if you have this together. Because I'm thinking, you did what? Didn't I just forgive you five minutes ago? And you're going to do the same thing again? Man, I am so sick and I'm so tired. And then we go to clenching our teeth. I'm so sick and I'm so tired of having to... Over and over and over. You did that same junk yesterday and you hear again in my face today. And you're going to ask me for forgiveness again. And Jesus said, yes. <laughs> 490 times. Every 30 minutes they come in your face. Every 15 minutes. Every 5 minutes. Every second they come and they say, I have offended you. I am sorry, forgive me. And that shows me the level of grace that God have in his heart towards his people. That shows me the level of love and how patient God is with people. So he's saying, let me show you how I handle you. Let me show you how you come to me. I'm going to let your brother, your sister come to you these many times. So you see how you come to me. And every time you come to me, I am standing there with my arms wide open to forgive you, to release you, to embrace you and keep loving you keeping you in a place of justification as if it never happened because I have loved you with an everlasting love and it doesn't matter how many times you mess up because of the love I have for you you come to me and you say father forgive me I have sinned father I done messed up again God I done cussed again I done fornicated again I done lied again I done stole again whatever it is that we have done again. The Lord is saying, I forgive you. So when your brother and your sister mess up and they come to you and they ask you for forgiveness, think of how many times you've come to me and asked for forgiveness. And I never told you, then I just forgive you five minutes ago. Then I forgive you of that same sin last week. How many times? Will I condone you acting a fool like that? And every time you come to me, Lord, forgive me. Father, forgive me. And I love you. And I forgive and I release. And here is the clincher. And I never throw it back in your face. Marinate on that for a little bit, please. Think about the people that you have forgiven or you have made yourself believe that you have forgiven them until they mess up and you say, just like you did the last time. I'm so sick of you. In 1989, you did that junk at 5.33 on a Saturday. I remember it clear as day. And did it, did it, And you did that again in 82. And you did that again in 1999. And you did it 2006, 12, and 18. How many times? 
And the Lord is saying, mm-hmm, how many times have I forgiven you? How many times you got in that car should have had an accident because of your disobedience when I told you not to go, when I told you to stay home, when I told you not to go to the club, when I told you these people aren't your friends? Did I not tell you? And how many times I still kept a hedge of protection around you when you was dead wrong and now somebody done you wrong. You have the nerve, the gall, and the audacity to not want to forgive. What if I withhold unforgiveness from you ladies and gentlemen boys and girls brothers and sisters let me tell you this I cannot take the thought of me coming to Jesus one day and say Lord forgive me and he said nope <laughs> so sorry Diane can't forgive you today why Lord I'm just sick and tired of you because I told you yesterday and I told you again earlier this morning, and at 6 p.m. I told you, and here it is, 9 p.m., you're getting ready to go to bed, you're going to ask me for forgiveness again? No, I'm tired. I'm tired of talking to you. I'm tired of telling you the same thing over and over and over. You don't listen, so suffer. And if you die, you're just going to have to die in sin and go to hell. That's your business. But sometimes, that's how we treat each other. And I had to get a harsh reality check when it came or comes to unforgiveness see the thing is i thought when i was releasing folks i was giving them a clear path to come back and hurt me i thought when i was when i forgave that made them right and it made me wrong. That justified them. And I'm boo-boo the fool who is guilty. And I never wanted to be the one standing there with the dunce cap on my head. Because I was wrong. The most humbling experience. The most... Oh, Jesus. How do I say this? The, the, the... The, 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 <laughs> the people that I had to call and tell them I forgive them. Oh, Lord have mercy. Was my mother and her husband. Oh, it was easy to call and say, I forgive you. I release you. But then the lady that was there walking me through how to release, how to let go, how to totally be free and how to be totally delivered where she and her husband can have nothing on me again is that I had to tell them. And if, <laughs> and if I've done anything to you, I ask for your forgiveness. Y'all. I cannot begin to understand what is the most bitter thing in the world. The garden egg. When I went to Nigeria a few years ago, I ate a fruit called the garden egg. That sucker is bitter. You will get the ugly, bitter face for weeks and months at a time when you bite into that. And as bitter as that garden egg is, 
I would have much rather sat there and stuffed my face with garden eggs than having to say to my mother and her husband, forgive me if I've done anything to offend y'all because I knew I didn't. I knew I never did. I, I, why would I have to ask you to forgive me when I ain't did nothing wrong? You saw your boyfriend, friend, molest me. You called me not just a bee, but the mother of the bee. Honey, my mother would slap me. I remember my mother slapped me so hard one time I peed myself. My mother would slap. And before you can catch yourself, she would double back. And she was vicious, would use like the hand with the ring. And would pop you like right, like kind of under your nose, over your teeth. Oh my God, my mother, Lord God Almighty. And I'm like, and I got to forgive her. What everything I did for that lady, I did it out of the goodness of my heart. Even though I know she doesn't like me. Even though I know she wants to see me fail. But for years, I wanted her to accept me. For years, I wanted her to love me. And when she asked me to do something for her, I do it out of the goodness of my heart. Because I want her to love me. She's my mother. And all of this, and you going to tell me I got to forgive her? I turned into Scooby-Doo, huh? <laughs> and then here comes her husband broke up well it takes two to tango right they destroyed the marriage of my mother and my father destroyed my father in the process it's like my daddy never bounced back and I got to watch my dad go to this place of depression get into this place of alcohol and I got to what 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 that means if I forgive homeboy I'm putting homeboy over my daddy. And oh no, baby, that ain't never going to happen. But guess what? As long as I thought that way, as long as I felt that way, what I did not know, what I did not realize, they had absolute control of my life. And this is what I'm saying to you. This is why it is imperative that you forgive, you release, and let go the people who have offended you. Because as long as you hold on to unforgiveness, they are in control of your life. And wherever the spirit of unforgiveness lives, there you will find bitterness. You will find anger. You will find a murder. You will find a vexed spirit. You will find envy. You will find all of these spirits because some reason, somehow or the other, they are all connected. Mad, I'm vexed. Vexed, I'm angry. Angry because somebody did something to me. Somebody did something to me. I never released. Now I'm bitter. I got all this bitterness in me. I refuse to let it go. I'm walking around a ball of unforgiveness, confusion, and the enemy is walking in and out of our lives simply because we have opened the door. And whenever you have opened the door to let the enemy in, he has free range to come in and go out like he pleases. But guess what? He ain't going out. He's not going out. He stays there. He make himself at home. And he destroy your life. Unforgiveness. 
will destroy your life. It will destroy your future. If you have a ministry, it will destroy your ministry. It'll destroy your marriage. My former apostle used to be very abusive to his wife back in the days before he got saved. And he used to treat her really bad. She was in the church, but he wasn't. But he was in the military. They saw each other. They liked each other. They got together. She got pregnant, and right before she kind of gave birth, you know, they got married, right? But he used to beat on her and call her names. And when he got saved, he fell in love with the Lord. And his wife, she was happy when he got saved. But when she saw him getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in the Lord, she started getting resentful towards him because she was now, he was now putting God before her. So because of that, she started rebelling against him. So now he lets her do any and all things to the point where the church has gone down from maybe 75 to 100 people to maybe 10 to 15 people. And the reason why is because he have this deep-rooted... Uh, what is the word Jesus regret inside of him and he has never forgiven himself so he lets her do anything as a way of making it up to her he was so mean and so nasty to her back then before he was saved now that he is saved he lets her do anything to the point she will drop him off the church back up and go play bingo, go do whatever. Don't come to Sunday school. Don't come to Sunday morning service. Don't come to any functions. May come to church one Sunday a month and is the piano player. So because he never and have not forgiven himself, she is running the church into the ground. And so she can continue to love him. And he don't have to be the bad guy anymore. <laughs> He's not even paying attention. I don't even think he have even looked at himself truly and say, you know what? I messed up and I need to forgive myself. And it has affected not just his family but it has affected the church family. And that is unforgiveness. It is like a cancer. It will start with the head. It will go into the lungs. It will go into the heart. It will go into the liver, into the kidney, until it just destroys the entire body. It starts with you. It gets in your relationship. It gets in your relationship with your children. It gets in your relationship to your co-workers. And you go in the church jumping up and down, kicking up stuff. Walk out the church. Somebody look at you wrong. Finger after, after Sunday morning service. But you looking at going down the freeway, fussing and cussing, acting a plum D fool. Because 
we have never looked into our hearts and say, Lord, I hold a lot of resentment in my heart. Lord, I have unforgiveness in my heart. And I know unforgiveness is not of you. And I need you, Lord, to get it out of me. Let me tell you, my ex-husband abused me mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually. He didn't want me to serve God. He wanted to be my God. And when I think of the things he did to me, if I sit here and I tell you every now and then it doesn't bother me, I'll be lying to you. But I came to realize it's the enemy's way of trying to find an open door to see if he can come back and bring unforgiveness into my life. Because the Bible says, when the house have been swept clean, the Bible said those spirits, they go out and they go searching. And if they can't, and if he can't find another house to occupy, the Bible say he goes back to his house. And when he find it clean, swept, and garnished, he goes back and he finds seven spirits more wicked than him. And they come back and they take a hold of that house. And they move in, and the Bible says, and the state of that man is worse than he used to be. Because unforgiveness is not just the only one there anymore. Now, murder. Now, slander. Now, we talk about revenge. Now, we talk about full-blown hatred. Now, we talking about stress and anxiety depression taking your mind don't have any peace can't sleep at night insomnia is wrecking you out losing weight hairs falling off or gaining weight don't go out looking a mess the these spirits come in and they just destroy that person and my question to you is is it worth it are you gonna let what someone did to you destroy the awesome life that God have prepared for you? Are you going to let that relationship cause you to never be able to have another relationship and definitely not a healthy one always arguing always in some kind of disagreement because if there is not any disagreement and if there's not any arguing some wrong because them spirits in you they don't want peace they like wreaking havoc. They like making a mess. They like showing their tails. They don't want you to sleep at night. They want you to be up. I can't believe she did that. I can't believe she had the nerve to call my phone and tell me some junk like that. 
Do she not know who she is? How you going to call me and tell me about my son? What about your son? What about your fast daughter? And I'm telling y'all this because that's how I was. I'm in my mind cussing these folks out. My ex-husband, mama, baby. That woman there whoo, was a piece of work. Vicious. Vicious. Conniving deceitful would throw stones and hide her hands and when it came back she had no clue no idea no nothing would put so much drama in my relationship told her other daughter that her husband had a thing for me now what kind of mama would say her son-in-law have a thing for her daughter-in-law when you know your son is beating on that girl but like I said the spirit have to find an instrument and he have to find a way in. And once he get his way in, you have to want to evict him because a lot of people say they want to release. But when they think back of what was done to them, <laughs> they decide to hold on to it you know like I don't know if you ever bought like a gift for somebody and you were wrapping it and that gift was too good and you're like oh, I'm keeping that one to myself I'm gonna get them another one right so you want to keep that to yourself and it's not good because it's killing you it's killing your future it's killing the love you have in your heart. It's making you cold and cynical and bitter. There is nothing positive when it comes to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like you drinking a glass of antifreeze and waiting for the perpetrator to drop dead. It's not going to happen. You gonna die they going to keep living. They ain't going to even come to your funeral. And if they do, they're going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe she did that. But, oh, well, they keep living dead in the grave. I have decided that I will forgive everyone who have offended me. I have decided to always tell God, Lord, I don't want unforgiveness in my heart. The minute you see it, get it out. The minute you see bitterness, get it out. Well, anytime you see anything in my heart, God, that is not of you, that will cause me to not be able to sleep, not be able to get a word from the Lord, don't have any peace, don't have any joy, God, get it out of me, kill it quick before it kills me. My prayer to the people who have come against me, whether it be in the open or in secret, is Matthew 5.44. And the first thing it says, to love your enemies. If you have no love <laughs> for your enemies, you're not going to be able to do the others. Because it said, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Unforgiveness ain't going to cause you to love. And you're not going to bless. Do good to them that hate you. That ain't going to happen. And pray for them that despitefully use and persecute you. That definitely ain't going to happen. 
bless them and they cussing me. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to cuss them right back. Do good to them and they dogging me out. What have they done for me lately? They ain't never did nothing for me. It's only me keep giving, giving, giving them. They keep taking, taking, taking. And I, if we cannot do the first part, the rest of it will be impossible. Honey, I've tried that. And it's not going to work. Because the minute I start praying and God starts showing me people's faces and God start bringing people to my mind, I could feel the tug of war in my heart. And I have to say, Lord, you see my heart. There's something in my heart. You see my heart. I can't pray for them, God. I'm harboring something in there. I'm holding on to something in there against it. And it's not of you. I need you to break that. I need you to get it out of me. When we do that, the enemy can't come in. The Bible tells us the two commandments, if we can master those, we got everything else down packed. And it says that we love the Lord with all of our hearts, our minds, our strength, and our soul. <laughs> we have to love God with everything. Lord, I love you with my money. I love you when it's raining. I love you when it's sunshine. I love you when I'm in a good mood. I love you when I have the flu. I love you in everything when I got nothing in the fridge to eat. I still love you. And he said, the second is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And I couldn't understand that. And the Lord showed it to me. If I love the Lord with everything I have, that means I love like the Lord loves. So that means I'm not going to sabotage your relationship. That means I'm not going to stab you in the back. That means I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to fornicate. I'm not going to murder. I'm not going to slander. I'm not going to I'm not going to do any wickedness. I'm not going to get drunk and act a fool. I'm not going to do any of these things because I love the Lord with everything, with all of my heart all of my soul, all of my strength, and all of my might. I love God hard and intense. And then when I do that, then I can love my neighbor as myself because I now can say, you know what? I got issues. God loved me. I've messed up over and over. God still loved me. I'm going to mess up again. And he already know that. And guess what? God loved me. I'm going to slip. I'm going to trip. I'm going to fall. I may even backslide. But guess what? God loves me. So when we love right, we get to forgive. We get to release. We get to let go. And we don't have to hold nobody in contempt because while I was up <laughs> well, y'all when I think about that now that was so stupid just dumb 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 dumb, dumb right I'm up mad 
And that used to tick me off even more because I wanted them to suffer because hurting people hurts people and miserable people want to see other people miserable. So I can't sleep. Insomnia done took over my life. And I'm up and I'm thinking of his wicked mama and his wicked sisters and in my mind and oh God, I can't stand them and oh my God. And I'm like, Diane, as nasty as they are, as mean as they are, as horribly as they treat you and talk about you behind your back, guess what? Girl, they sleep. <laughs> girl they sleep and you up and do you know even after I told myself that I still could not come to the place of releasing and letting go because my heart had got had gotten black my heart was no longer a heart of flesh but it had become a heart of stone god had to come in and dig up the fallow grounds <clears throat> excuse me and get that junk out of me and when i started the process of forgiveness when god started dealing with me i started out with my mother and her husband and y'all i i had to uh go through Facebook and find people and tell them, I want you to know, um, send to repent. And I want you to know, you know, I felt this type of way about you and I'm asking for your forgiveness. Y'all, I went through a humbling experience with forgiving people. And once I started forgiving people, I started seeing a change in me, not in them. See, when we, when God goes to work on us, when we start changing, we start saying, oh, he changed. No, it ain't them. It's you. You're the one changing because we have been through the fire. We have been through where God have knocked some stuff off of us. God has shaken some things out of us. God has bulldozed something off of us. And we're looking at people because we're no longer looking through eyes that are filled with hate. Eyes that are filled with unforgiveness. Have you noticed the eyes of people who hate and mean and nasty? Have you noticed how red their eyes are? If you ain't never noticed if the most hateful person in the church. <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell y'all to do this, right? <laughs> are the most hateful person on the job. Oh, and your family, I mean, the, the hateful one, the wicked one, that's just, <laughs> look in their eyes. You can see it in their eyes. You can feel it when they talk. That's not how the Lord wants us to represent who he is and who he is in our lives. We are the light of this world. We are the salt that brings flavor to this world. The Bible tells us that we are in the world, but we are not 
of the world. We are supposed to be different. We are supposed to set the standard. The world, we are not supposed to follow the standard of the world. The world is supposed to follow our standard. The world is supposed to say, oh my God, what happened to her? What did you do? You used to be like this. You used to be like that. And all of a sudden you change what happened. And that's when we can become a witness to that person and say, man, I was a master. Let me tell you. And God got a hold of me. I, I didn't find God because God was never lost. I like when I had people say that they found God. Honey, God was never lost. He wasn't in the wilderness nowhere. Somebody help me. Somebody. No, no, no. No, no, no. The Bible says he came to seek and save that which was lost seeking, going out looking for him. So we ain't the one going out looking for him. He's the one knocking on the doors of our hearts saying, if you knock, when I knock, if you open, I'm going to come in and I'll sup with you. I change some things. I rearrange some things. I move some things around. You know, so we need to allow the Lord to come in. And do something wonderful in our lives. Do something that will take our breath away. Do something that when people see us, they say, you know what? There really is a God. Because I knew that girl then. And I knew that man now. And the way he talking. And the way she talking. The way they treat people. Those are not the people I knew five years ago. And we draw more flies with honey than vinegar. So tonight, this week, I want you to make a decision that says, you know what? Okay, they did me wrong. They hurt me. I didn't like it. But you know what? I'm going to forgive. I'm going to release. And I'm going to let them go. Because as long as I hold on, then the Lord will not do what I need him to do. Some of you, you need healing. Our, we have family members that needs to be saved. We need healing. We need a job. We need deliverance. We need so much. But as long as we have unforgiveness in our heart, it's going to hinder us. It's going to keep God's hands closed. And let me tell you this. I need God's hands open. I need God's hands open. I need his hands open to shower me with my blessing, to wake me up in the morning, to give me peace while I sleep at night, to put a smile on my face. Honey, I don't need God to keep his hands shut for nothing. And because you are my brother and my sister, I want the same for you. So today, let us make a decision that today is the last day. That we're going to walk around feeling this way. We're going to forgive. We're going to release. We're going to let go. And we're going to start tonight. This is the eighth month of the year. New beginning. Perfect timing. Today is the sixth day. The number of man. Baby, perfect number. We can do this today right now. Make that decision and say, Lord, this is it. I'm tired. I don't want to carry these burdens anymore. I need you to, to get all that junk and gunk out of me so I can serve you right with unforgiveness. You can't worship right. You can't praise right. You can't pray right. Good words are coming across the pulpit. <laughs> It's just falling by the wayside because the grounds 
of our hearts. Our heart is in a drought, amen, no rain. So no seeds are coming in, no seeds are growing because unforgiveness is a blocker. It's a repellent. So let's not give the enemy any more room to do what he's been doing. Let's shut the door on him and say no more. This is it. I'm cutting you off. Bye-bye. Adios. Goodbye. I can't do it. You got to go. You ain't got to go home, but you definitely got to roll up out of here. And let God begin to do a work and let God begin to change us so that we can be a witness in the world for him. Because church, the Lord is returning soon. And I've thought of hell, y'all, when it was 100, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 114 in Texas last week and week before last. I try to ask myself, if this is so hot, hell gonna be hell. There's no way we gonna be able to handle hell. Somebody said they gonna uh, try to get an AC down there. If St. Peter don't let them through the pearly gates, they're going to try to see if they can get an AC. I guarantee you, ain't no power down there. And I guarantee you, when we get, when, when after judgment and when folks are sentenced to eternity in the lake of fire, I promise you, ain't going to be no AC, ain't going to be no AC, ain't going to be no AC. So let's do it right. Let's get it right now. When you fall, Go back to the Lord. Lord, I messed up. Forgive me. Lord, help me do better. That's all he's asking us to do. He told us he'll send the Holy Ghost, which is our helper. So all we have to do is ask. That's all. And you know when you ask anything according to his will, the Bible says he hears you. We're not going to ask God for forgiveness. And God knows if we don't get forgiveness, we're going to die and go to hell. That's not God. God is not mean and nasty like that. So when we mess up, let's own this, let's fess up and say, God, I messed up, forgive me. I'm holding these people in my heart, God, forgive me. And we're going to watch God change us. And we're going to watch God do some amazing things in our lives. Amen. Amen. If this has blessed you, won't you go ahead and share if this has blessed you and you're not following me, would you please follow me on whatever you're listening to? I don't know if it's Anchor or on, on, on Google or Apple or Pocket, whatever you're listening to me on, whatever platform. I thank you so much. Follow me. Go to Facebook, Arthur Diane Lubre. Be a part of my fan page. Go to Instagram at Lubre Books. Don't forget to get your copies at LubreBooks.com or Amazon.com. While you are at LubreBooks.com, please register. I am going to do a giveaway again uh, for the month of October for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I'll give away one of my books. So go ahead and listen and uh, uh, subscribe. So you will be ready to win your copy, okay? So again, this is author and speaker Diane Lubre. I thank you so very much for being with me. 
you guys enjoy the rest of your evening and I will get with you guys another day this week. So set up your notifications so when I come on, you know, and you guys be blessed in the Lord as always. One love, that is the agape love of God. I love you with the love of the Lord. You guys be blessed. Amen. Good night, everybody.